At the beginning of the preservative series, I mentioned that part three in the series would come alongside a major brand announcement. And while that announcement's ready, that announcement is also associated with an offer to Rain Organica's newsletter, and that offer hasn't gone out yet. So today, rather than sharing part three of the preservative and skincare series, we're taking a brief detour from that series to share the episode that I recorded with Chris Buchanan, founder of Good Anya, a restaurant that offers real wholesome food in Encinitas. One of the reasons, one of the additional reasons why this felt like a good time to share this particular episode is because last week I was on Angela Perger's podcast, Simple Ayurveda, to talk all about polyunsaturated fatty acids and specifically some of the seed oils and why those are under such scrutiny right now. So in today's show notes, you'll find a link over to that episode. Chris also shares her take on vegetable oils in general and botanical oils and which oils she considers safe for cooking with, and she covers that in today's episode. So Chris's drive to start Good Anya began with her own wellness journey. As a former Olympic athlete, Chris began experiencing extreme fatigue along with a host of other symptoms that were harbingers for the autoimmune conditions that she had going on within her body. Convinced that the sugary sports drinks and processed foods that she'd been consuming to fuel her energy needs for training and competition were at the root of her crash, Chris began looking critically at her diet, assessing not just what she was putting into her body, but also how that food was grown, harvested, and processed. Equipping herself with a degree in nutrition, she set out to implement what she'd learned by opening a restaurant. She views organic as the starting point and implements rigorous auditing of small local farmers and vendors to ensure that the ingredients that she brings into Good Anya are of the highest quality. Good Anya sources bioregenerative meats and offers biodynamic wines, and Chris shares more about the more about what these terms mean, as well as her passion in today's episode. I mean, her passion really is palpable. And now, without further ado, my interview with Chris. Welcome to Holistic Wellness, a podcast exploring the science and metaphysics of health and wellness. I'm your host, Brandy Searcy, founder and formulator at Rain Organica, where you'll find holistic skincare in one simple routine. Today, Chris Buchanan, the founder of Good Anya, joins me for this conversation. Chris, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Super fun to see you through the computer, at least. Yeah, it is. Can you share a little bit about Good Anya? what, why you started this restaurant and then what some of your offerings are? 
Uh, sure. You know, we started in 2001, which a lot of people are really always surprised to hear. We started as Good Anya Delhi. And that was the reason to do that back then was my whole mission back then was local. We had this tiny little thousand square foot place. And so we thought, well, let's find all the best local vendors in San Diego and then highlight them to our guests because we can't make everything in this little space. So it kind of came, we kind of came to it backwards. And then this was before local was even a cool word. Um, so yeah, that's how we started as a little deli. And I grew that chain to five deli locations and they were all Monday through Friday office park little gigs. And um, over the years I have sold or closed those. And now we just have Granya full service restaurant in Encinitas. Okay. And yeah. What, what and is, why? <laughs> so why did I start it? Yeah, I don't know why. Don't ever start a restaurant. It's uh, it's it's not for the faint of heart. You know, the industry is really, really brutal. That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So, what's on your menu at Good Onion? So we do things very different than a normal restaurant. And people ask us all the time, oh, please open in Austin, open in Seattle, like all the visitors that we get. And it's not really scalable. It could be maybe at a, a small version, but since this is five minutes from my house and I can't cook, everything is on the menu that I want. So I'm really an ingredient expert. I'm not a, a chef. And so it's all, I like to think of it as approachable food. It's everything that we know and love, but in good for you versions. We have a soda that's made with sparkling water, sparkling mineral water. Not, we're not in the tap water either. It goes down to the water. And then it's with chaga mushrooms and um, herbs. And it tastes literally like A&W soda, like that we grew up with. But there's no sugar and it's actually good for your immune system. So I want the things that I want and I want them to be good for me now. So that's what we do. Burgers, salads, wraps, chicken, fish. I mean, we, we have a massive menu, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, so yeah, it's hard to, what don't we have? Okay, so this already diverges into two paths. So one is talking about the adaptogens that you incorporate into your foods or into your menu. And then the second one is talking about the different labels that you use. Um, maybe to begin with, if we could talk about the labels, so that certified organic and the whole thing, wild caught, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, so in a restaurant, you can have a, I think there's one or two certified organic restaurants sort of anywhere. One's like a chicken place and they're like an in and out, but they just have chicken, right? So they've got like three or four menu items or probably a few more than that. So they actually got their whole restaurant certified. We have um, probably over 500 different ingredients. So it would be just impossible to do it, but I don't need anyone's certification because I trust myself. So I know what's every single ingredient is in there. So everything that is organic that we can get certified organic, actually certified, we do get certified organic. And if we're using a very small vendor who's not certified yet, but they are using organic ingredients, I will actually look at their invoices to make sure they are purchasing those organic ingredients to um, make the stuff that we're buying from them. So I just go to that extra length because I don't want to um, not support the smaller vendors, the local vendors who can't afford that certification. So for me, really, it's about organic. It's just a starting point. Um, but we use wild seafood. You can't you can't certify seafood organic. So you always want to look for wild seafood. 
And then right now, actually, to be honest, we're moving beyond organic into regenerative and biodynamic. I mean, we already have regenerative chicken, ham and sausage, which I can't even tell you, there's probably one restaurant in the whole world. But let's just say there's a few, just to be generous, who, who have in organic ingredients consistently. Um, to have regenerative ingredients in, in a restaurant just not being done anywhere. So it's really exciting for me to move beyond that um, because regenerative agriculture, even raising farm stock in a regenerative way, actually sequesters carbon and puts it back into the soil and is healing to the environment. So it's a big topic when you get into, you know, global warming and veganism and all those kind of arguments that we get into. But um, yeah, regenerative and biodynamic is, is the way we're heading. Okay. Can you share a little bit more about what each of those terms mean? Sure. Yeah. I like, I live in this sometimes, so I forget. Um, think of, you know, factory farming is really the worst of the worst. You know, the animals are abused. They're given food that they're not meant to eat. They're in warehouses. It's like, it is like the exact opposite of what we should be doing on a moral, a social, environmental level, everything, everyone from the from the animal to the workers to, to the end consumer, uh, it, it's an unhealthy product. It's really, really sad. And, and that's where the passion, I think, for a lot of people comes around uh, choosing to be plant-based. But regenerative agriculture, and it can happen with, with animals, it can happen with our wine that we do, it can happen with any, any produce, anything you grow. You know, when you factory farm, you ruin the environment around you. You ruin the waterways, you ruin the soil, you just ruin it. You ruin the air and, and it's, it's devastating to our planet, all right? Then you have conventional farming. And also the next thing would be GMO farming, right? So if you're gonna do tons of plots of let's say GMO corn and soy, these are, are called monocrops. They're soaked in pesticides. They ruin the microbiome of the soil. And then what do you think that does to our guts? Ruin, ruins our health as well. So you have factory farming and GMO farming kind of at the worst end. And then you just jump up to regular old pesticide farming. That's called conventional. Um, and that's what we kind of grew up with all the way until 96 when they started doing GMOs. Okay. And then people started going, wow, this is really horrible. And around 2000, even a little bit later is when the organic movement started. And, and really it's only 2020, right? It's crazy. Gronia started and has grown up sort of in this industry. And I've kind of learned all this stuff as I've gone along. Um, so you, you now are back to just regular old pesticides and they can do monocrops and they can even do rotating crops and stuff, but you're still dousing with pesticides, uh, things like Roundup. Um, now, next level would be organic, right? So you're not using uh, petroleum-based and toxic pesticides you are allowed to use some things that are in the organic standard so they're more natural based but you can also have monocrops of organic things that aren't necessarily that's not necessarily great for the soil because you're not you're not you know the traditional way is to cross rotate crops to bring diversity to the soil uh, they're not doing that they're just every year growing and growing and growing the same old thing so people now are like okay what do we do so they're going now the new thing is regenerative farming and there's, you can Google it and, and find different people talking about it. But in general, it's basically you're regenerating the soil, the health of the soil. So your food's healthy. So you're healthy. It is as simple as that. There's another layer with biodynamic. 
And that's um, Rudolf Steiner, who started uh, Waldorf schools. He coined the phrase. Um, and I don't know exactly all of it, but from what I understand, there's there's a little bit more in tune with nature and there's a, a few rituals and sort of blessings that the farmers do that are kind of ancient traditions. Um, things like they pack the, the hooves of a goat or cow with like manure and then they bury that and they say a blessing, they do that. But on a certified bar, biodynamic farm, you can't even have WD-40 in your shed. It is a whole natural ecosystem. And the certification that these farmers get for biodynamic is even beyond what regenerative is doing. Um, and it's not just about the blessing with the cow hooves, it's they really learn how to when certain food, I mean, I'm not a farmer, but there's, there's moon cycles and lunar cycles or whatever, right? And they're supposed to be picking at this time where the food is, it's growing so you don't pick, but then it's ready to be picked. And there's all these cycles in nature is how people learn to farm in tune with nature right. thousands of years ago. So to me, the highest level right now we can do is biodynamic. And um, there's a Demeter certification. You can see the little logo and that's what's to look like. But quite honestly, it's, it's extremely rare to find certified biodynamic food right now. Okay. And so, so that's a lot. I know, but that's sort of the run of the certifications and labels. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for going into each one of those. And still, even though it's rare, you've found, uh, you've found farmers that you can partner with who offer biodynamic ingredients. Yeah. Foods. Okay. Yeah. Most of the, most of the wine we get, we've got, um, a, a massive wine selection. We have a wine club that we ship anywhere in California. Most of that wine is certified biodynamic. So that's really exciting to us. Um, and then we do have regenerative sausage, regenerative ham and regenerative turkey from small family farmers and farms uh, that I know the owners, the owners eat at my restaurant. So these are uh, relationships that we've developed just by being in the industry and making it happen to be quite honest. Okay. Yeah. Going off into the wine club a little bit more. So, I, this, I mean, this opens up a whole can of worms from residual sugars to residual sulfite levels or contained sugars and residual sulfite levels and just everything else. Uh, what specifically are you looking for in the wines that you offer? Yeah, so when we decided to do dinner, because I used to just do breakfast and lunch. So then I was like, well, I need to get my beer and wine license. People want to have a glass of wine with dinner. So we did that. And then I had to jump in and learn about wine. Because if I'm going to put wine in my restaurant, it's got to be something that I can stand behind. I never want anyone to eat in our place and leave feeling bad. Yeah. I want them to feel good. And our customers over the years kept saying, God, I just eat here and I feel so good after. And I, and I realized that was a you know, the cooking oils that we use and the organic food. And of course they feel good, right? And now feel good has kind of become our thing. So I dove in and learned about wine and wow, it is a beautiful expression of nature or it is an absolute toxic, similar to a factory farm experience. Um, and it runs the gamut. And what I've learned, it has absolutely nothing to do with the price of the bottle. And wine is a very pretentious, snobby. Uh, they have that sort of vibe around them sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's got nothing to do with the price. You can, you can literally have a bottle of wine that has a hundred grams of sugar on in it, or you can have a bottle of wine with zero residual sugar in it. And you don't know because it's not labeled. 
and probably it will never be labeled because the alcohol lobbyist industry is is uh, very strong. So you're never going to buy a bottle with 100 grams of sugar. Well, well some people probably would. Um, but yeah, that's just too. That's just this is too much, and that's why you feel bad. There, and there's a whole reason I can go into if you want why those hundred gram of sugar bottles are so toxic. But it is really a bummer with the labeling that you just don't know. So if you're out there in the world and you're looking for natural wines, when you say food and you want natural food, that doesn't exist anymore. The word natural and food don't go together. Organic is your starting place. There is no natural food. Anytime someone says something's natural, unfortunately they ruin the word. But in wine, that is the classification of wine. So if you go into a wine shop, ask for the person who knows the most about wine and say, hey, do you have any natural wines? Then they'll know, they'll know what you're talking about. And you can look for the back of the bottle to see if any are biodynamic. Uh, sometimes the wine buyers don't even know what that means, but their little Demeter logo that we, we can maybe put up to let people see that. Um, and then you're gonna be safe. Another phrase you could use are old world wines. These are wines coming obviously from Europe and over there, you know, they didn't grow up with pesticides and, and fertilizers and this stuff called mega purple that adds sugar to the wine and chemical solvents. And they didn't do that, right? They had these ancient traditions that they passed down. Sometimes uh, vineyards that were supporting are six generation vineyards. They don't want to spend the money and all that stuff. So they know how to grow their grapes so strong. Um, these grapes are Here's, here's what happens when you have a really processed bottle of wine. You irrigate it, you grow it right in the ground, and then you give it tons of water and you give it fertilizer and you give it uh, pesticides to keep all the things off. And, and you just, you get that grape to be really, really big. And it's kind of flavorless, but it's big and it produces a lot of water, a lot of volume, but it doesn't taste like anything. So then they add what's called mega purple to that, to the fermentation to sweeten it up and give it some flavor. Well, if you add that in the fermentation, you need to add chemical stabilizers because that's how it keeps the sugars going. Now, that grape that grew when you just gave everything to it, that little grape didn't struggle you know, on its own and get to be a strong little grape. He has no antioxidants. He's just a, a bag of nothing. So they have to add a ton of sulfites to preserve it because it's not a strong product. So now you have pesticides in the growing, herbicides, um, and then the sugar and then the sulfites, it is a toxic chemical mess in a bottle could be a hundred dollars a bottle could be $500 a bottle could be two ninety nine. That's the kooky thing. That's what I don't understand about wine pricing at all. But, uh, we do, we do the due diligence and actually talk to the winemakers and the farms and, and the wine reps and really get to the bottom of how it's grown and what they do or do not add to it. So sometimes people think they're allergic to sulfites. Well, there are sulfites naturally occurring in lots of foods and that is true for people. I actually have a, a sulfite issue genetically in my body where I can't clear sulfur. And I got genetically tested, my estrogen was really high. So when you can't clear your sulfur out of your body, your estrogen pathway gets blocked and you, it's crazy. But I went to a genetic specialist and I take manganese and that helps. So she created a, su a supplement just for these types of people that have this issue because her husband had it and wouldn't stop drinking wine. So she created a, a thing called sulfite X, which like crosses all the sulfites, but there was a lot of sulfite rich foods, which I didn't do well with either. 
Um, so I had completely stopped drinking wine. But it's really, you know, a biodynamic bottle of wine will, is allowed to have 100 parts per million sulfites added. So that's very little, and it's a little bit just to preserve it. The bottle that I described earlier, the toxic bottle, that could have 10,000, 20,000 parts per million. Um, organic wine, if it's USDA certified organic wine with the logo, by definition, you are not allowed to add sulfites. And this is why a lot of people think organic wine isn't that good because you need a little bit to preserve it in the fermentation, okay? Very little bit, especially when you're transporting, I think these things from Europe to America, that's my theory. Um, but so that's a little bit of a bad rap that organic wines kind of taste like crap. It tastes too young yeah. and that's why. So, but there are organic USC organic vineyards here in America that have figured it out and are doing it a lot better now. Okay. Cause I had a question about that because I thought sulfites were just a natural process of the ferment. They were created naturally during the fermentation process. So um, yeah. If I'm understanding you correctly, for these certified organic wines, they're having to terminate the fermentation process early or they're having to... No, just okay. not, they can't add them. They can't add oh, them. Oh, they can't add them. Okay, okay. And just so you know, if in biodynamic wine, they can if they need to, because the biodynamic standards allow them to add up to 100 parts per million. Okay. So, you know, certifications have standards. So that's just so you're aware. Made with organic grapes is a, a claim you'll see on a lot of bottles, but that's all you know. <laughs> yeah. So you don't know what is happening after the fact. Um, so just be aware of that. Okay. So since you mentioned that piece about made with organic grapes, because this is a new label I've started seeing is organically grown on lots of food, mm -hmm. Which makes me a bit nervous because it gives no information about the harvesting process and whether or not they spray Roundup on it to harvest it. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, people bash organic a lot, but when you have that USDA, there's three there's three levels of USDA certified organic. Okay, okay. seventy percent label. So if you make a if I make a package good and I and seventy percent of my ingredients are organic, then the thirty percent don't have to be, but there are still thirty percent. Um, restrictions. I can't have GMOs, but I can have that conventional food that just has regular pesticides, including Roundup on it. So the 70% thing you will see made with organic ingredients, and that actually has to be on the back of the panel. Okay. Then you have the 95% label or yeah level, and that's when you'll see the USDA certified organic label. And you can put that on the front of the back. And then you'll see 100% organic, which is very rare. Most people don't have, unless it's a single ingredient. So anytime people are saying organically farmed, um, or maybe they list a few organic ingredients in their ingredient list, that's all actually legal. Um, but you have absolutely no way of knowing if it's true because no one's checking the brand. Okay. And brands brands lie all the time, okay. sadly. Yeah, the certification is legit. We have been certified. What happens is if we're going to make 10,000 bags of good on you hydrate, and then they come and check me at my yearly certification, I have to show this is what's in my batch. Here's my recipe. And here's my invoices that match. So that's how I learned to ask my vendors for invoices. 
And that's how they, that's, yep, they, they are checking that all of your ingredients that you're buying all year are organic. You're not just stocking your shelves before the certification. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I wanted to circle back to what kind of oils you use in cooking at Padania. Um, definitely a hot topic. Uh, well, this is not a hot topic. I don't know why I said that. No one even knows about this. In health, though, in the health and wellness space, people do now. Um, but no one in a restaurant world. So most restaurants are, of course, soy, canola, corn oil, vegetable oil. They're blends. They come in five-gallon plastic tubs. Obviously, there are tons of plastic polymers are leaching into them and all the hot delivery trucks. And they are absolutely toxic in more ways than we can even imagine. And that's what most of the food's in. So you're at a fancy place paying 50 bucks for a filet. You have canola oil on it. It's a real bummer. Um, at Good On You, we use mostly we cook in 100% grass-fed butter. That's okay. our that's our cooking oil of choice, and we have all kinds of organic olive oil. We don't cook in that unless someone really begs us to, but you shouldn't heat olive oil. We cook in ghee, 100% grass-fed ghee that's actually um, biodynamic, and yeah, we also yeah that that and we have avocado oil um, that we use as well. We don't cook in that. That's in some of our recipes. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty special because that's what really makes your gut feel happy after, after a meal, I think a big factor. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear that you use really great oils for cooking and not, not the ones that are so heavy and uh, poofas that really shouldn't be heated. Yeah. They shouldn't be in our, in our body ever really. They're, they're, they're processed with chemical with chemicals are extracted with petroleum solvents. Um, they're grown with pesticides or GMOs. You have to wear a hazmat suit to, to plant genetically modified crops. I've seen photos uh, from a friend of mine who was standing on a farm in Iowa of, I think it was soy, GMO soy, and it was orange. So it was coated. There, I was like, what is that? It was actually, it was coated and it was orange. It was disgusting. Like the seeds or the plants? Yeah. The seeds were the seeds. Okay. These are Roundup Ready soy and Roundup Ready corn and Roundup Ready canola. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's the, the, they're genetically altered. So the pesticide is produced inside the seed with foreign DNA to get it latched on there. So when we eat that, uh, some GMO um, experts are saying that that DNA then latches onto our DNA and then the pesticide actually keeps producing. And this, you know, glyphosate has been now coming out as like, it's just ruining our guts and that 80% of our immune systems and our digestive tract, you know, we're doing it with this one and, and, and glyphosate has been shown on contaminating lots of organic farms. So it's like, we're right before the walking dead where we're, we're really ruining the environment, you know, and it's really gnarly what we're, what's out there. And it's a lot worse than people know. And when you see this anti-organic and this sort of stuff on Facebook and they try to brand it as like this left-wing liberal hippie issue, those are just lobbyists for the GMO industry that are writing those articles. It's all fake news. It's, it's just, there's so much arguing and so much fighting. So I, what we say at Kadanya is 
just go back to what nature tells us. What does nature tell us? Now, I don't care what your scientist did a study over here that came up with this vegan diet that's supposed to be good, or it shows me this paleo diet or the pegan diet now, which is the paleos and vegans got together. We don't understand food. We don't understand nature. And until we do, then our bodies will not, will not truly be healthy because we are from nature. We are designed to eat things from nature. It's as simple as that. It really is. Yeah. And then minus the people like myself who now have celiac, I can't have gluten anymore ever, even if it is, you know, um, naturally fermented and, you know, it rises over two days and all the, like the good way that bread is made in the traditional way. I still can't have it right. Cause I have the antibody now to that protein. So people do have individual issues for sure. But I just say, ask nature. I don't argue with nature. All right. You're mentioning that you have celiac. <laughs> Once again, I'm at a, I'm at a, and I'm not sure which direction to walk down. If you, if you're open to it, we could talk about how long you've had celiac, kind of how that presented when you, before you were diagnosed. If you'd rather not, then we can talk about good on use hydration uh, packets that you mentioned and what those are, and then maybe some of the adaptogens that you use at Good On You. Um, well, we just really just have the one root beer product, just, okay. you know, so we're not like, we don't have a ton of adaptogens. We used to do some things with different brands, but we just got too busy for for that stuff. So we just have our adaptogen soda. Um, but yeah, I mean, having autoimmunity is part of Good On You's story. That's why I am so passionate about about this. I also have Hashimoto's. I also have hypoglycemia, although I have that under control now. I grew up eating sugary processed food um, and I was an Olympic athlete. And so I had a tremendous amount of stress on my body for 25 years at, at a very high level uh, competing and fueled it all with Powerade, 50 grams of sugar in a 20 ounce bottle, 5-0, right? And and I ruined my gut as I put a lot of stress on my body. It's a dangerous combination. And when I retired in 2000, I about 2006, everything came crashing down. I, I would get sick and it would last a month. I couldn't get over a sickness. It would turn into bronchitis and it would just keep escalating. I had fevers that I couldn't get down for over two weeks. And when you have an autoimmune condition, Hashimoto's is a very... Um, easy one to test for. So it's very common. But if you have one autoimmune condition, my, my body's attacking my thyroid. That doesn't, I mean, think about it. It's not just attacking the thyroid. It's attacking everywhere inside there. So the typical person can experience up to eight different autoimmune conditions in their lifetime. Cause it's not like these antibodies um, are just laser focused on one tiny little area. So I was having a lot of other issues. And until I went back to school for holistic nutrition and severely changed the way I was eating to a real food diet. Now I'm getting everything under control. And, and I owned restaurants and I was good and we were local and organic was starting. And I had a sense that this was better. Um, but we weren't, we weren't anything like we are in Encinitas. This store is basically a, a test for humanity and it, and it's worked. So yeah, that's part of the story and that's. Would it be okay if we talked about your 
auto just your autoimmune journey sure okay yeah um yeah what what questions beyond so were you diagnosed with hashimoto's first or with celiac um with hashimoto's first because it's such an easy an easy test now you say uh, it's and then, easy however well that's that's true <laughs> It's hard finding a doctor that actually will test you for the right thing. Yeah, there. Um, I don't know if the site still exists, but it's called stopthethyroidmadness.com. Okay. And on there, if if it still exists, you can actually print out what you need to bring into your doctor and say, can you please test for these things? And so this is sort of a hack to get around, you know, still have your insurance pay for it. Because um, normally you have to go to a naturopathic doctor um, to get this kind of stuff done. Uh, there are other doctors now that are more integrative. And so I would encourage anyone to seek out within their network an integrative doctor, but yeah, there's like eight or nine different thyroid markers and usually they run a couple, but it is a very easy box to tick. And if you have antibodies to your thyroid, then yeah, you can have Hashimoto's or Graves disease and if it goes hyper or hypo. Um, and so it is an easy one, you know, to, to check because it is a, like a very common blood test that, 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 that can be done. Um, and, and I would think, you know, if you did have that, you'd, you'd have to start to go down the journey really quickly about healing your gut and thinking about a real food diet for sure. Um, cause people have different philosophies over when to give thyroid medication, when not to. Um, sometimes when your antibodies are just raging out of control, they're supposed to be between zero and 20 or something, you know, mine were like 10,000. So when, when you don't necessarily want to give your body more thyroid is what I learned at that time, because your body will just see it as new tissue to attack. So you kind of got to get things under control, but you, you might have hypothyroidism and think, God, I feel so horrible. I really need something, but you got to kind of get things under control. And that's where the naturopathic doctor comes in. And unfortunately, you know, you're spending 200 bucks on an appointment and usually they want to run their own labs because your doctor didn't run enough and they can get up in the thousands of dollars. And it's horrible. Our, our, I pay $12,000 a year for health insurance for me and my wife and we hardly use it. Yeah. We pay out of pocket for everything else because they're just there if I break my leg or yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. So with your Hashimoto's, are you able to control it or I guess have your values come down? Are you experiencing any of the symptoms uh, that you were by since you've transitioned to your diet? Yeah, no, I mean, it's been a journey. It's been like 10 years. Okay. So what I, what I try to teach people a little bit is like, look, it, it is a journey and stress is one of the worst things yeah. for the autoimmune journey. So you do have to do, I had to change my workout routine. I had to stop running, um, get more into yoga, but then I went crazy with hot yoga, you know, and that can be kind of a little bit too demanding on the body. So I had to learn to do restorative things um, to just calm everything down. And that was very hard, but it is a journey that you can't stress through or you're going to make it worse. Um, and know that if you get diagnosed, that's great because now you're, you're going to be able to start on a different path than one that would have led, you know, to all kinds of things. You know, maybe you still live to 70, 80, but your last 10 years are horrible. So my symptoms are all gone. 
Um, but my numbers still aren't great. I still have antibodies to my thyroid and it, it bugs me. Um, so things are not perfect in my body and I'm not a perfect eater either. You know, none of us are. Yeah. So there's, it's, it's just kind of mitigating, um, and doing, doing the best I can. Yeah. Are you on thyroid medication externally or still relying on your thyroid to produce your thyroid hormones? No, I am on uh, thyroid natural compounded um, thyroid medicine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And one of the reasons for so many questions on this is because I also have Hashimoto's and have experienced many of the same things that you've had that you're describing. I've had to change my exercise routine because it was just too much for my body. And yeah, uh, the same thing with stress can definitely speak to that as it's acerbating the symptoms. Yeah, definitely. I mean, anyone who, anyone out there who has any autoimmune, you have to look at your diet. I don't care what any doctor tells you. 80% of your immune systems in your digestive tract. So this is where this stuff is happening. And I had a really expensive and extensive test done by Cyrex Labs. And I learned about this off a podcast and the lab was just starting. And so I was one of the first people to, I think, ha even have this autoimmunity test. And they tested every organ in my body if it had antibodies to it. Of course, the thyroid showed up, yes, as the worst. But there we saw um, my brain and we saw my pancreas was out of, out, of, out of whack. So I would have ended up, the doctor said, with type, two, with type 1 diabetes, sorry, type 1, okay. in about 10 years if, had I not changed my diet. So that's you know, type two is totally different blood sugar related. This is my body completely attacking the organ of my pancreas. So then it would not be able to produce insulin. Type one is an autoimmune condition. You can be born with it or you can develop it. And so when that happened, I was like, whoa, this is super scary. When I did that test at my worst, almost every organ was in the red or the yellow. And then there's green, which was good. Almost every organ in my body was red or yellow. And then within a year of changing my diet, every single organ was back to green, except for my thyroid. Okay. So that's always been my worst one. Um, so I just, I mean, I saw the science. I saw the proof right there. Totally 100% psycho about gluten, never had it. If I ate in a restaurant, I probably did have contamination. So I, I take a lot of digestive enzymes when I eat out to make sure I try to break that down as much as possible. Um, but it works. It absolutely works. But then I still, you know, my numbers are still bad for my thyroid. So it's like, ah, oh, why? They're down to 250. That's the lowest I've ever that's, gotten them. That's good. I, yeah. I mean, mine are, it, the last time they were tested, they were up around 1200. So I think the lowest might have been since starting tests is 600 or so. So yeah, I think, you know, one of the things I did too, is I completely detoxified my entire life. And now I'm, it, it might sound like I'm like the boy in the bubble, you know, but honestly, this was one of the first things that sent me down the rabbit hole before food was a, a little video called um, the story of stuff done by, it's not, you can, you can YouTube it, but you can, then it's a Berkeley professor who did this and it was about kind of consumerism and it was just devastating for the planet, right? But then she did the story of cosmetics. 
And when I learned about what is in lotion and soap and all the stuff that we put on our body, which by the way, that's where the other part of our immune system is. It's what we breathe in, what goes on our skin. And if you think about it, of course, this is where our immune system is located because what goes in or on our body needs the defense system. And so I do not put anything on my body, in my house, on my sheets, my laundry soap. It's all totally as natural as can be. Yeah. And, and having, having hypothyroidism too, I, I don't know if you feel this, but I'm really sensitive to chemical smells. Mm-hmm. So when someone washes their clothes and tied, I'm just like, oh, how are you still doing that? That's just adding a toxin to your body that you don't need. If I'm going to have a toxin, it's going to be like a Reese's cup, right? Like it's going to yeah. be candy. Like I grew up with, it's not going to be tied. So I just took all of that and just at least got that toxic load off my, off of my plate. Cause it's easy. All of that stuff is like, Oh, unscented biodegradable yeah. laundry. soap done instead of this one done. Yeah. So simple. Yeah. Makeup. I don't wear makeup. So that's a little bit, you know, for some people a little bit more challenging, but lotions are really easy. Shampoos easy. So that's something you guys should do right now. Cleaners. In fact, making your own cleaners is way cheaper, but we're lazy and we buy the natural ones, but all of that stuff. I don't, you know, our housekeeper, she does our floors and I won't let her put any toxic thing on there. I'm like, just use water. It's fine. You know, she does water and vinegar. Yeah. I don't even want my dogs running their little paws on it or or on my bare feet. Yeah. So do that, you know, just detoxify your life as much as you can, because you can't get away from all the toxins in our life. It's in our couch, our, you know, the sofas and our clothing and the paint and, and you can go crazy. And this is where you can get really stressed. So to me, it's just like about tackling one thing at a time and taking these things out of your life. And, and you know what, when your friends and your family make fun of you, let them because they don't feel good. And they're, they are on the wrong side of history. They just are because nature knows nature knows they, they don't know. They're just regurgitating some nonsense from a a lobbyist group that posted an article to try to get them to think a certain way. And, and maybe I'm reading my lobbyist groups articles. That's fine. But like I said, just go back to nature and you'll have your answer. Yeah. Yeah. Because the proof is ultimately in you feeling better and feeling good. Well, it's in a little bit of common sense too, right? Yeah. I mean, we were the generation that you've seen the videos and, or maybe you haven't, but where kids were running behind the trucks when they were shooting out DDT, like in the fifties or whenever that was right. like there was the ice cream truck running down the street and we're running behind it in the orange powder thinking this, this is us. We're not that smart as a species <laughs> because if we were, we would not be putting this stuff in our body. We just wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. But Chris, I don't know. I don't want to like totally bash on us, but there's a lot of other <laughs> issues like so- social justice and, you know, legitimately people can't afford certain things. So it, it's a very big issue. Totally. Yeah, it is. Um, Chris, this has been amazing. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about so far that you would like to mention before? before we wrap up, because I definitely want to respect your time. 
Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, one product that we make that I'm really passionate about is our hydrate, our hydration powder. Um, chronic dehydration kind of plagued me my whole life and hydration now is becoming a big top, a, a kind of a hot topic. So I, I would just implore people to, the first thing we do is look for quality water. Um, and it's not a snobby thing, but tap water is not quality water. And you can totally go on your local water board. You can look up your local water source and see what's in it and you will be shocked. So we have a whole house filter and that's what we shower in, but we get spring water delivered to our house. It's super economical and five gallon jugs. So that's just a really easy thing to do for your health is drink really good quality spring water because back to the point about the soil, our food does not have the minerals in it that it used to. So when you drink tap water or even filtered water, your RO water, even your alkaline water that you're getting at the water store, that's just filtered water and it's mechanically alkaline or they're adding some minerals to it that are usually very low quality minerals, but you're not getting everything out of that water. You're just not. Um, so you are depleting your, here you are trying to drink all this water for health and you're actually flushing out your electrolytes and minerals. So we created a very simple uh, hydration powder called Good Anya Hydrate. And it's with real organic lemon juice. Every other brand on the market uses lemon flavoring or grape flavoring, right? So we use real juice that's dehydrated. And then we just use real minerals, Himalayan pink salt. We use a little bit of coconut water powder for the potassium and trace minerals. And then we use a magnesium that we get out of uh, the Irish sea. So it's nature's minerals put into this little bag with some juice that tastes like lemonade. We use 0.01 grams of stevia out of an eight gram tablespoon. So it's virtually undetectable, but it makes it give it a little bit of sweet. So it's not like a salty lemon water. And that's the only way in my opinion to do a drink because otherwise you're gonna have 20, 30, 40 grams of sugar in it. And so I do think people need to replenish their electrolytes. And um, I think we have the best product on the market, to be honest, but a cheap way to do it is to just do exactly what I said, put Himalayan pink salt in your water, put one drop of liquid stevia and squeeze some lemon. And there you go. I just gave you a recipe. So hydration is a big deal for immunity detox. The minerals run thousands of processes in your body and and if any, this is a kind of a little passionate topic of mine, but don't forget about your parents and your grandparents. The reason why they fall a lot of times is because they're dizzy when they're older, because their blood pressure is so low, because they haven't salted anything since 1942, because they are so afraid of, of high hypertension because the doctors have no idea what they're doing. Table salt is two minerals, sodium chloride, that's been stripped out of the sea salt and it's toxic, it's bleach, it's mixed anti-caking agents, it's horrible. But any good quality salt has sodium, chloride, and like 80 other minerals attached to it that balances your blood pressure. So for them, they, they don't drink our elderly, they don't drink a lot anymore anyways. And then what they do drink might be tap water because all that fancy water is just liberal, right? And so they're depleting what... <laughs> They're just depleting everything. So get your mom and your grandparents, like a bag of hydrate, make a pitcher, put it in their fridge. It tastes like lemonade 
And then you, you would be shocked at the reviews we get from elderly people. Cause you won't hear a brand talk about el elderly people. You just won't, they don't care about them. But I don't know why this became a little thing for me. And it's just awesome to have, see them feel so much better. And they yeah. need a glass or two a day. That's it. Even one glass, their body's so starved in minerals. It's just really, it's just fun to help. It's fun to help. That's what gets me up in the morning. That's awesome. Yeah. So where can people find you? Um, goodonyourorganic.com. Okay. That's it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for doing what you're doing and getting all this information out there. I mean, you're saving the world by doing what you're doing. You are. Thank you for that, Chris. That I feel that's a little bit of hyperbole. I'll take it anyway. Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> no, you should definitely take it. I mean, you could be doing something, you know, negative with your podcast and you're doing a positive. So it all, it's all goes around in a positive way, I think. So thank you very much. Thank you. Chris graciously shared two discount codes for you to use. One for 10% off your order of Hydrate, Goodanya's Electrolyte Blend. Use coupon code HOLISTIC10 for that discount. She also shared a 30% off code for Goodanya's Wine Club. This wine club is delivered only within California, so please keep that in mind. And to enjoy your discount on that, Use code HOLISTICWELLNESS30 for 30% off your first month of that wine club subscription. You'll find both those codes in the link in today's show notes. During this episode, Chris mentioned about people wearing hazmat suits to plant GMO seeds. And while I can't speak to wearing a hazmat suit while planting the seed... I can speak to it in terms of spraying the fields that uh, hold GMO crops and honestly any non-organic crop and people wearing hazmat suits for that. Um, indeed, it's become, I, I believe it might be a requirement in certain states to wear hazmat suits when spraying certain chemicals. And uh, Chris mentioned that these seeds were orange and that's because those seeds are generally coated with herbicides, pesticides, fertilizers, or a cocktail of those. And that would be why it's necessary to wear the hazmat suit and also why those seeds are orange. She also mentioned a few resources during today's episode, such as the Demeter logo, Stop the Thyroid Madness, and Cyrex Labs. You'll find a link to each of those in today's show notes. In addition, in today's show notes, you'll find a link where you can sign up for Rain Organica's newsletter, and that will include a free download for non-toxic living. So this is substituting out your laundry detergent, substituting out some of your personal care items, so here, skincare soaps, the things that Chris mentioned in today's episode, that those the newsletter subscription is, of course, for Rain Organica. And when you sign up for Rain Organica's newsletter, you will be 
in the know when that special offer drops and that major announcement comes prior to the next episode here on the podcast, which will be part three in that skincare preservative series. As always, if you know someone who who would enjoy today's episode, please take a quick second, hit that share button, send this over to them, and thank you so much for listening. Until next time, bye.